What's the difference between anxiety and intuition? I've had this question for a long time, and I think it's valid, right? I mean, they're both really strong sensations, and they both have something to say, but they really live on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I know so many of us hang out on the side of anxiety, and we'd really like to understand how to move that needle over a little bit more to the real, true, solid, trust ourselves, inner knowing space on that spectrum. Because so often we get overshadowed by mind chatter and fear. So today, all right, I decided I would tune in and try to dissect the difference. And I throw some mindfulness techniques into the mix because why not? I mean, mindfulness is going to help us determine the difference anyway. All right. Well, I will see you in a second and we will dive into the whole thing. Hey, it's Vicki Smith. Welcome to Power to the Pleasers podcast. Want to start doing things on your terms and finally feel confident just being yourself in relationships? Well, you've landed in the right place. Here we break down your people-pleasing and perfectionistic patterns so you can move from being polite and doing it right to showing up, speaking up, and even laughing it up with people. Not sure it's possible? Well, stick around, friend. I'll show you how. everybody. How are you doing? I have been sitting with my door open in my office between sessions and just listening to the rain, spring rain, and just really watching this crepe myrtle grow its leaves and all the other trees, honestly, that surround my office. It's a beautiful setting. And just the bright green of spring, you know, I mean, just the the waking up and the newness and the baby leaves and really changes the whole scenery, you know, of of what I've been looking out of my office windows for the past months and really noticing the difference between what I have been viewing uh, when I look up from my laptop in the month of November to the month of April. It's much different. And it just got me thinking about mindfulness and how I appreciate mindfulness in a way that I appreciate internal family systems. They both are just true gifts to me. Not that that is cheesy, but really, truly, it feels like both of these philosophies, practices, both of the energy in these these two practices really have shown me like, this is how you live life. Uh, and it's not that I follow it to a T, of course. <laughs> I'm a, a cranky, uh, fidgety human, but just noticing the different ways that I haven't been mindful lately and really appreciating that something opened up inside where I was noticing the landscape around me. And I thought, wow, mindfulness really is part of everyday life. It's part of almost everything that we go through. And it can be an incredibly helpful perspective, incredibly helpful toolkit. And so I want to talk about mindfulness as it relates to intuition and anxiety. And you know, the difference between these two has been kind of a 
rolling question and inquiry for me for a very long time. I and so many of us are directly linked to our anxious feelings. And I think what I and so many of us want is to increase the distance between us and our anxiety, right? You know, it can get intense. It can be way too familiar. It can definitely topple us at times. And I remember when this idea of the difference between intuition and anxiety came up for me. And I first asked a question about finding my intuition um, and relaxing my anxiety. And I asked it in a meditation class. And I honestly don't remember the answer that the meditation teacher offered. But I remember the wanting behind the question, like this desperation to get away from my anxiety and the feeling of restlessness and unsettledness inside. And I wanted to land somewhere, you know, and I had this idea that my intuition was the grass is greener place that I was constantly trekking myself to like, like that, you know, if only I could trust myself, then life would be better, right? That's what I wanted. And what I hear from so many clients, though, actually not directly, they don't come in, you know, kind of banging their fists on the table and going, I want to know about my intuition, but their initial conversations are around how to find relaxation inside, inside their minds and inside their bodies. And since I work with perfectionism and people pleasing, my clients want to take back their power, their agency, their wisdom, their strength, and they're tired of searching outside themselves for enoughness. And they get all too well, you know, they really understand all too well that other people have the wheel of their minivan and that other people's moods and preferences have really taken precedent in their lives, right? So there's this nagging inside, maybe it's anger or resentment or flat out exhaustion that just has them hearing something inside, you know, it might be like a whisper of like, this isn't working anymore. This people pleasing perfectionism stuff, right? And they aren't really sure what to do with that inner whisper or voice, but they hear it and their body tells them through, oh, you know, anxiety, one of the topics today, but also through depression and heaviness and and that fatigue, their body tells them like something's got to give. So, they hear those things. They hear their anger. They hear their their body sensations. So they start our work together with that spark, really, of knowing that something other than anxiety exists for them, right? And a spark that's gotten enough of their attention that they say, like, okay, for God's sake, I will listen. I will make a phone call, and I will go talk to somebody. <laughs> and yet... They come in asking to hear their intuition, right, through the request of help me not feel so anxious. They want to hear their own inner wisdom, and they actually already are. It's just that their anxiety is dramatic, right? Their anxiety is loud. And not to judge it, but it is an out there experience, right? It's an inescapable experience, the feelings, the sensations that it produces, right? And intuition is subtle. I mean, sometimes it can smack you upside the head, but in my experience, and when I hear others share about their intuitive hits or their inner knowing, it's soft, it's solid, but it's also subtle, right? It doesn't have to 
blast itself and put itself in neon. And that is why and how anxiety overrules intuition so often. Like we don't hear our intuition because our anxiety is the squeaky wheel. I think about this in terms of dogs, of course, but my boy, Aussie, whose name is Murphy, he is, he's a little rambunctious, right? He barks and he jumps and he pulls and he runs like a speeding bullet, right? And you cannot deny that he is there. His energy is palpable. That's what I mean about anxiety. It's out there. It is, we get it. We hear it in our heads with the looping worry thoughts and the worst case scenarios. We feel it in the pit of our stomach and our racing heart and our chest. So I love my boy Murphy. Love him, love him, love him. He is actually a cuddle bug and he's out there. <laughs> okay. But my other Aussie, who is a girl, Ruby, and this has nothing to do with male or female, but just to let you know, she's a girl. She's soft and she's subtle. And we call her Panther Puppy because she just kind of slowly, softly walks into the room. Like you can't even really hear her nails click on the hardwoods, right? She'll kind of sneak up on you, but not in a scary way. And she just does this like little nose bump and tail swish. And you know, she's there. (laughs) And I'm like, that's kind of like intuition. (laughs) So when clients come in wanting to trust themselves, right? That's always underneath the help me relax my anxiety, right? When they come in wanting to trust themselves, we work on diving down underneath that choppy water on the surface, that out there demonstrative sensation and the thoughts that come from anxiety. And we work on diving down to the calm and often still water below where it's quiet and you can listen. Deep listening is a way to access your intuition. How the hell can we do that with all that's ruffled up in our worlds these days, right? I mean, so this where mindfulness comes into the picture. It is a good way to listen inward. And I'm not necessarily talking about meditation when I say mindfulness, but meditation is a fantastic tool in the realm of mindfulness. And meditation is actually really relatable to everyday life, kind of like uh, yoga, you know, like you might see, like, I think there's a book called Off the Mat, right? When it talks about how the yoga practices really can be prescribed to everyday daily life, but that's another episode. So anyway, mindfulness. Mindfulness is slowing down the speed of your activity, both physical and mental. And it can be as simple as doing something like eating by yourself without anything but the natural sound of the environment around you. No phone, no podcast playing, just taking the time to taste your food. There was a gigantic understanding around mindful eating that I experienced when I was on my first long silent meditation retreat. And, you know, we were all silent and I I think there was like a hundred people there, right? So It was stressful eating in the dining hall at first. Awkward might actually be a better descriptive word, but you know, I have no idea what other people were doing. My guess is they were doing this too, but uh, my mind was all over the damn place when we were first having those first couple of days of our meals. I just was a nonstop chatterbox, right? Like, is the person judging me about how much better I'm eating on those homemade 
piece of gluten-free bread because by the way, they made everything from scratch. And I just remember having like a whole diatribe in my mind about how good this bread was, right? Like how did they make this? What were the ingredients? I need to ask the kitchen staff once I can talk, you know, and then ping, I wonder what's happening at home. And I miss my husband. I miss my dogs and ping. Oh, it's snowing outside. That's beautiful. And just all over the place, right? Just the fucking chatter inside was nonstop. And we're at a meditation retreat. And it's not like I expected my mind to not be chatterbox. However, (laughs) I, I wasn't really seeing that eating was also part of the entire retreat experience. It wasn't just when my butt was on my cushion or when I was doing walking meditation. It was everything, right? So about day four out of this 10-day silent retreat, something happened and I heard the clinking of silverware on plates. I heard that like scooching of the chair as like the wooden chair legs scrape across the wooden dining hall floor as the person pushes the chair out to go get, you know, a second helping or put their plate up or whatever. You know, I heard people's feet walking, right? Even though we weren't supposed to have, you know, like, shoes that made a lot of noise, you could still hear. When you tuned in, you could hear. There was an entire freaking world of sound occurring that I had missed because I was following my mind chatter. So mindfulness, listening, being here in the moment, not time traveling in your mind through the mind chatter, that to me is opening the door to your intuition. And it's not necessarily the chair scraping, right? It's not necessarily just the sounds that are like, oh, bing, I'm intuitive, right? But it's this other world that's right there ready for us to tap into. That's our intuition. It's right there. And I'm not sure why it's often called an intuitive hit. Like you guys have probably heard that, but I guess sometimes our tuition, intuition kind of has to get our attention. But again, my experience with it has been subtle. I think the hit part for me is the solid landing of inner knowing that happens when that puzzle piece just locks in, when that click happens inside and I just know, oh, yeah, that's right. Like there's a sense of no questioning, no doubt. Actually, there's no real anything around it. There's no fanfare. It's just knowing that this thing is the right way to go or this decision is the one I need to make. Whatever that intuitive lock-in landing is like. But we can't lock into that solidity and softness and wisdom without calming the mind chatter. And without learning to work with our anxiety and help it relax back, maybe just 5% at first. We can't do the deep listening or the deep diving underneath that chatter, choppy water, racing heart, pit in our stomachs feelings. We can't do that without having some skill set to turn towards the surface layer choppy water that has all over the place energy. That's anxiety. We can't do the deep listening unless we take in some of the anxiety first. I don't know about you, but I often physically need to put myself in places 
that are not my normal day-to-day surroundings before I can tap into my inner wisdom. I just get too easily distracted by to-do lists and Instagram and avoiding doing the thing I'm supposed to do by vacuuming my house, you know? But if I can't travel somewhere and take myself to a beach or the mountains or whatever, I can go for a walk in my neighborhood, which is still often quite busy, I will add. But I get to give myself different scenery. Kind of like I just recently was noticing as I look outside my office window and I see the crepe myrtle, the leaves starting to fill in, right? Different scenery. And then as I'm walking around my neighborhood and seeing the different scenery that's not my laptop and the top of my desk and, you know, the screen of my phone, that different scenery attracts my attention and it kind of focuses me in a way that kind of sort of clears out some of the chatter. Like my eyes can focus in on the way this person in my neighborhood has like all this really cute scrap metal chicken art, (laughs) you know, and it's like brightly colored. I just focus in on that for a moment and it allows me to calm. But also a walk is not gonna zero me in on my intuition, like my golden wisdom nuggets that I have to mine for. Like it doesn't just automatically go, oh, here's a metal detector for your wisdom nuggets beep, 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 there they are, right? Like it's just me taking a walk. I have to do a little more work around that and that is setting an intention. Get my mind on a course, focus it. Keep that anchor of focus, kind of like a north on a compass. That's intention. And honestly, that is what our intuition is. It's our north and our own inner compass. Our anxiety, while necessary and a given part of our inner advisory council of parts, (laughs) the inner board of directors that helps us run our particular lives, it's a part of our inner council, but it's not our north. It's an alert button. It's like our alarm clock. It wakes us up to something whether that something is, oh my God, we're afraid of, of this, or that something is, this isn't really fitting for us, it's not right, or that something that it alerts us to could be like we're imbalanced, maybe like in our bodies, like blood sugar, right? If I have low blood sugar, I feel anxious. If I eat something, I feel a little bit better. Like it's just, it's like an alarm, it's an alert. I don't think anxiety was really meant to stick around and be one of the main inner advisory board council members for us. I really don't. I think it's there to shine a light on stuff that needs attention. But if we aren't listening to it and working with it, we're just fighting it or blindly following it. And we can't hear the intuition. Intuition is under there. We don't not have intuition. Like double negatives be damned, right? Sorry, Mr. Moore from high school English. (laughs) We don't not have intuition. Intuition is sitting on our inner board of directors as well. It's just quiet. 
it's not going to take a megaphone to its mouth. We have a guiding light. We have a north. We have an inner compass, a solid, subtle, soft knowing. We have inner wisdom. And it's unique to each of us. Just like even if you wear a size 8 shoe, the way my shoe fits my foot is not going to be the way my shoe fits your foot. My intuition is for me, yours is for you. It is our own personal wired compass that keeps us on our path. And that's what I find so much when my people pleaser and perfectionist clients come in and with my own work on myself too, is that we've lost our way due to so much clutter in our minds and the reaction to all that we're processing. We've lost our way based on the things that have happened in our past that have formed our the routes and then, you know, the, the ruts in our own particular brain chemistry. We've lost our way trying to be perfect and earn accolades and affirmation and validation from outside of us. We've lost our way trying to be pleasant and polite and pleasing. So when I and so many of my clients come to somebody for help, I think we're really coming to someone to have them help us clear that overgrown jungle path of our own knowing. I mean, I have great stuff to share with you guys, right? Like if you come to me, I've got years of study, years of practice, years of experience sitting with people, sitting with my own self. I just, I've got cool shit to throw out there to help you, right? But when you come in asking for help discerning your own signals, getting your own trust in yourself, hearing your own intuition. When you come in asking to discern between that strong sense of anxiety and intuition, I can tell you, you already know. You already know what you're feeling and hearing isn't your intuition. It's your anxiety. If it was your intuition, you wouldn't be hanging out with me. But it's hard for us inside our own minds to be able to discern the signals because our nervous system is fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, right? Our nervous system is wired to keep us safe. And a lot of times trying to keep ourselves safe is hanging out on top of that choppy water and just reacting to fucking everything, right? But I can help you to start clearing the path to hear your own intuition. And one way I can offer you to do that is through mindfulness. And so you can start now. Eat alone one day. Sand your phone, 86 the phone, right? And see what you can hear, see what you can taste. I had some soup today that, oh my God, my taste buds loved the soup. And I realized as I was doing it, which was pretty cool, that I had stopped doing this other thing that I was doing while I was eating. And I just closed my eyes. And I think I might've even said out loud, I was eating by myself. Mm. Like it was like, I savored that spoon of soup. And that's deep listening to me. That's 
the ability to recognize that this thing right here, this soup fits for me. This thing right here, it's good. It's right. It's helpful. It's healing. It's whatever, right? But it's noticing right here, right now. Mm, that's good. That means everything else around me in those couple of seconds went away and I was tuned into me. So practice, practice noticing that a pause is needed. A slowing down is actually desired. That's what you're doing when you hire somebody to help you clear your path. It's hard to slow down on your own, but you desire it. You know there's something in there. You just can't access it on your own. That's fine. But I can't give it to you. It is yours. So all these little moments, these hints from inside of you, they aren't anxiety. They're little steps towards your inner knowing So I invite you to set the scene for those to happen more often. And just notice. Notice if something bubbles to the surface when you're there. And if you have to take yourself out of your normal day-to-day life for a weekend or whatever, 86 the phone for a couple of hours and go for a walk. I don't know, you know, whatever might fit for you. But swimming used to do that for me. It was a very short-lived activity swimming, but... (laughs) It was quiet and it was a focus and it was in the moment. And I remember things would bubble up for me during that time. And I would be like, oh yeah, that was the answer to that big decision I had that was all because my anxiety was sending me off to, you know, the east instead of the north. So set the scene for these things to happen more often. And enjoy, friends. Enjoy the subtle, solid softness of your intuition. Okay, later. Decisions can throw a people pleaser off in a hot minute. Too much thinking goes on with decision making, weighing all the outcomes, hoping everyone involved will be happy. Well, except for you. I know too many pleasers who go with the flow because decisions, they just have too many moving parts. And these people pleasers say yes and agree just because they want to get the overwhelm over with. Well, what about cutting out the inner tennis match of should I or shouldn't I? And what about having a rock solid knowing about what works for you? No More Back and Forth is a mini course that walks you through the vitals of decision making, like why you cave and say yes in the first place. And it teaches you one skill that will clear the inner confusion and self-doubt around decision making. You're going to walk away from this course knowing your yes and your no. And I have a feeling you won't be so worried about what others will think of your yes and no. The link is in the show notes for this under an hour course. And y'all, it's $29. Okay. So cheers to easy decision making from here on out. Peace out, pleasers. Enjoy the course. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about me and how I work, please go to www.powertothepleasers.com. And if you want to get even more special attention, get on the mailing list. It's not fluff. It's not going to waste your time. It's always intentional. 
and educational. So I'll see you there. Later.